0: The Bruce and Hobbs Podcast, made possible through the generous support of National Life Group. Their Life Changer of the Year program aims to honor those who are making a significant difference in the lives of students by exemplifying excellence, positive influence, and leadership. This annual program recognizes and rewards K-12 educators and school employees from around the country. Learn more and nominate a Life Changer at lifechangeroftheyear.com. National Life Group. Experience life.
1: Welcome to the home of your two best buddies, Bruce and Hobbs. Join the conversation right now at BruceandHobbs.com. And now, here's your hosts, Bruce and Hobbs Zeman.
2: Hello again, my animal-loving friends. Welcome to a brand new Bruce and Hobbs radio podcast, a podcast that we put together every other week for people like yourself who love animals and care about their welfare and want to make the world better for them. The show is all about animals all the time, and we're thrilled to be back with you. If you're new to the show, I'm Bruce, in theory anyway, the voice behind the program, and to my right is little Hobbs, the canine star of the show, and more importantly, my best friend who I do absolutely everything with. Hobby, how are you, little guy? That's fantastic. If you've heard us before and are a regular subscriber or downloader, welcome back. And if this is the first time you've heard about us or downloaded the podcast thanks for checking the show out the podcast is about animals and our goal is to help you learn about them become informed and hopefully become the best pet parent possible along the way we spotlight those special people and those important organizations who help animals and we share their stories we get a lot of feedback about the program and that's what makes it so special to us your thoughts comments suggestions all important Connect with us on the web, BruceandHobbs.com, on Facebook at Bruce and Hobbs, your two best buddies, Twitter, you can subscribe on iTunes, and get our newsletter with the show link attached by emailing us at info at If you're listening to this show, you obviously already love animals. They're a part of your life and an important part of your family. You want the best for them. You take care of them. You love them. You protect them. That being said, life happens. It would be great if we could put all of our family members into this big bubble and never have to worry about anything bad happening to them. But you know that's not realistic. Accidents happen. Emergencies happen, and sometimes the outcomes aren't good. You can panic and fret about something terrible happening, or you can educate yourself and be prepared in case something does happen. And on this week's show, that's what we're going to chat about pet emergencies, and being prepared for them. Our guest is Dr. Amanda Rudder. She is the Emergency Medical Director for Burlington Emergency and Veterinary Specialists in Williston, Vermont. Since 1999, her hospital has been helping people and their animals when accidents or emergencies happen. The hospital, or BEVS as it is commonly referred to, widely regarded as one of the best hospitals in New England for critical care. And Dr. Rudder is going to join us to talk about pet emergencies, emergency planning, and some of the common questions that people have. Also on the show, Gail Parmalee is here once again. His awesome segment, Positive Pet News. Right now, grab your beverage of choice. I've got the coffee right here. And get ready to increase your knowledge about animals. The Bruce and Hobbs Podcast. Visit
1: BruceandHobbs.com anytime to access our program archive. Listen on your own schedule, anytime, day or night.
2: Hobby and I are glad you're joining us. We certainly hope that you enjoy the podcasts and find them useful. We try to cover multiple aspects of the animal world, animal rescue animal welfare, animal nutrition, animal rights, and a whole bunch of other different topics. We have experts from around the world and many different organizations on the show to increase awareness, to get you the information you find important and want to learn more about, and to help you become the best pet parent possible. And along the way, if you like what you hear, tell a friend about us and let them know that at Bruce and Hobbs Radio, we really are all about animals, all the time. Our guest this week is Dr. Amanda Rutter. She is the Emergency Medical Director with Burlington Emergency and Veterinary Specialists in Williston, Vermont. She joins us to discuss pet emergencies and emergency planning. Now, before we get into this discussion, if you're wondering how I know for certain that this is such a great hospital, I can tell you I know for certain that this is the case because back in 2013, this hospital and its talented team of doctors saved Hobbs' life. He had hurt his back, he was paralyzed, the team at Bev stabilized him, saved him, and helped him walk again. I never forgot that. Years ago, before I started doing this show, I promised myself that if the Bruce and Hobbs podcast ever became really popular, like it is now, I would make sure to tell the world about this wonderful hospital and the miracles that they make possible there. This week, in having Dr. Rudder on the show, I get to keep that promise. Dr. Rudder, thanks for joining us today. It's My pleasure. So Dr. Rutter, Bev's or Burlington Emergency and Veterinary Specialists is widely regarded as one of the top hospitals in New England for animal care. Today we're going to talk about pet emergencies and emergency planning in general. But before we do that, your hospital is amazing in terms of capabilities to deal with emergencies. It's a pretty special place.
0: I absolutely agree. I feel incredibly lucky that I get to be a part of this team and that I get to be a part of what we do here.
2: Can you tell us a little bit about some of the hospital's areas of expertise? At
0: Bev's, we are lucky that we have two surgeons um, who perform all sorts of soft tissue and orthopedic surgery, including arthroscopy and back surgeries for dogs who can't walk. And we have an oncologist who does chemotherapy and helps counsel people whose pets have been diagnosed with different types of cancer. We have two different internists who work up complicated medical cases as well as perform ultrasounds and endoscopy. We also have our fully staffed emergency department who uh, sees pretty much anything at any time.
2: Yeah, and in addition to that, I was also reading that the hospital has a brand new physical therapy department, which is pretty important too. So if you look at the hospital's website, which is bevsvt.com, there's a very impressive amount of technology and different services. Is it common for hospitals to have all of this available, or is it just simply the fact that BEVS is a state-of-the-art facility?
0: You know, I think it's a little bit of both. A lot of general practice places will have different things available to them. I definitely think digital x-ray is something that most people have now, and there's even some clinics that have ultrasound. But to be able to have 24-7 veterinary care um, that we're staffed all the time, we have ultrasounds, CT, oxygen, blood transfusions, all of those things. I think that's pretty much the state of the art, and that's what makes us who we are.
2: Before we get into our topic, you're a veterinarian, but you're also the emergency medical director. What does that mean, and what are your areas of specialty?
0: I am a veterinarian, and I just have a special interest in emergency and critical care. As medical director, I am the head of my department and my team here, so I help set some of those policies, and if people have questions, I'm the person that they come to.
2: So let's hop into this pet emergencies, something that no one ever wants to have happen, but unfortunately, they do. How important is it for a pet parent to be prepared for something like that if it happens? I think
0: it's important. I think it's also important to realize that there's some things that you absolutely just can't prepare for, you know, your dog or cat getting hit by a car. Those are things that we just all hope and pray will never happen. But if something is to happen, I think having like an easy to grab go bag or something like that, that has a list of the medications your pet's on, maybe their most recent vaccines or the most recent weight that they were, those can be really helpful to us, you know, at three in the morning when we're here, when unfortunately you're here, it's nice to be able to reference back on that information.
2: What are some of the common emergencies that your hospital sees? I would say pretty
0: frequently we see GI upset, you know, vomiting and diarrhea. A lot of times it's animals that are getting into medications that they shouldn't or eating things that they shouldn't outside. Fortunately, dogs getting into fights or cats having trouble peeing. And here in Vermont, we tend to see a lot of dogs that try to make friends with porcupines.
2: Our guest this week is Dr. Amanda Rudder. She is the Emergency Medical Director with Burlington Emergency and Veterinary Specialists on this week's Bruce and Hobbs Radio. Dr. Rudder, are emergencies here in Vermont different from some situations you might see in, say, Boston or LA or New York?
0: Well, I would say when I worked in New York City, I certainly didn't see as much compost ingestion as I do here in Vermont. I think we're just very environmentally friendly here. I certainly think that porcupines and some of those environmental things are ones that we're going to see here in this more mixed rural state versus those city areas.
2: So let's talk a little bit about preventing emergencies and planning for them. If someone doesn't have any idea how to go about this, where should someone start?
0: You know, again, I like the idea of having a go kit or a go envelope where you can put all of your important pet paperwork so that you have that all together and you can just grab it. I also think that there are some excellent apps out there. ASPCA Poison Control has an app that helps you figure out if any of maybe your houseplants could be toxic to your dogs or cats. And there's also a Red Cross app that has pet first aid that's incredibly helpful.
2: Now, we hear a lot about people talking about pet-proofing their homes. A two-part question here for you. Should people do that? And if so, how do they do it? I
0: think making sure that medications are up and out of reach, in a cabinet, up high, dogs and cats getting into human medications are some of the top things that ASPCA Poison Control gets phone calls about. And certainly making sure that some of those foods that are not good for them stay out of the way, raisins, grapes, coffee, chocolate, those kinds of things that they're up and away from those counter surfers. And I do think that for young puppies and kittens, making sure that the electrical cords don't look too tempting to play with, because unfortunately, that's another emergency that we tend to see.
2: I've often heard about people having a first-aid kit at their home for pets. Is that necessary, and do you think that's something people should have?
0: I think it's super helpful to have. You know, I I think there's absolutely nothing wrong with being extra prepared. I think in a first-aid kit, maybe having an unopened bottle of peroxide, occasionally that's what we might tell people to use to induce vomiting if pets have gotten into something. Having some triple antibiotic ointment for some small wounds, a little bit of bandage material, a leash and a towel some like saline eyewash and maybe some Benadryl. I think those would be great things to just keep together in a little kit.
2: Now, assuming someone's companion animals have regular vet visits in an emergency... Does it help if the vet has the animal's records on hand or is familiar with the animal, or is this a case where if something happens and they have to go to Bev's, you guys can access that?
0: Unfortunately, we don't have any access to medical records, much like when you go to the human ER. They most of the time don't have access to the records from from your general practitioner. So I think that, again, having a copy of those records is super helpful, but if you don't have it, it's okay. You know, we'll figure it out together.
2: So let's say that someone gets an animal for the very first time and they have no idea how to make sure if they're prepared in the event of an emergency. Can you give us some suggestions building on your experience on how someone can get started
0: I think that making contact with a veterinarian when you first get that pet, having that first well pet visit is going to help out a lot. I've definitely had people call us at all times just to find out where we are and what we do when it's not an emergency because, of course, that's when things are easier to remember. And I think, again, having a little kit together where you've got a little first aid stuff, you've got your medical records, I think those are going to be the things that are really helpful to you.
2: Our guest this week is Dr. Amanda Rudder. She is the Emergency Medical Director with Burlington Emergency and Veterinary Specialists on this week's Bruce and Hobbs Radio. Dr. Rudder, I know this is kind of a tough question to ask, but what are some of the signs that a person could see that might indicate to them that their pet might need emergency care right away?
0: For me, the most important thing is if you think your pet's having trouble breathing, please just give us a call and let us know you're coming in. Don't mess around with breathing problems. Also, if suddenly their belly seems bigger or more painful, that can be a sign of something bad going on inside. Kitty's going in and out of the litter box and straining to pee. I often tell people, I know medicine and surgery and you know your pet. So if you feel like something is wrong or something is off, I think that you should trust that feeling. Give us a call at any time. We can kind of talk you through figuring out whether or not this is something you should come in for. But inevitably, if you feel like there's something wrong, there definitely could be something wrong, and I'd like to check that out and figure it out for your pet.
2: I mean, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, really, nothing bad is going to come out of giving you a call, is there? Absolutely not. We're happy to talk. So I've read that there are pets, when they get injured, they may react aggressively, even to their pet parents or people that they know. You come across a situation where you find an animal that is injured. Is there a best way to approach an injured dog or a cat?
0: I am a big fan of using like big towels or blankets to wrap them up. I think it helps them feel more secure and helps keep you protected. There are also some really good pictorials on the internet that will help you figure out how to make a soft gauze muzzle for your dog so that you can pick them up safely. I think it's also really important, I got to throw this out there, if there's a dog fight, do not put your hands or face in the middle. I know that your dog loves you, but they are very stressed out and they might accidentally hurt you and then that's going to end up with a trip to the ER for you as well.
2: So if a pet is injured at home, do you stabilize them first or do you just get them to the vet ASAP?
0: I think it's difficult to say how you would stabilize them at home. I think if they're hurt, I would just get them here as quickly and safely as possible.
2: Now, I've also heard about pet first aid classes, CPR, different types of safety classes. Do you think that these are classes people should take
0: I think that pet first aid can be really helpful and I think it helps improve people's confidence in knowing what they're looking at and feeling like they can deal with things at home. I think CPR is maybe less helpful. Even in a hospital setting where I have all of the equipment and a fully trained staff and all of the medications, we still have, unfortunately, not a very good return on CPR. I think it's less than 10% of pets will come back. So I think that it might be a good thing for people to take, but I don't know that it's going to be life-saving in the field.
2: If people want more information about our topic today, or if they'd like to speak with you, perhaps, where is the best place for people to get that information?
0: I'm a Devs a lot. <laughs> So they can certainly call here and we can try to answer their questions. The American Veterinary Medical Association or the AVMA has a great website on first aid tips, as does the American Animal Hospital Association or AAHA. And again, those apps, the ASPCA Poison Control app is an excellent resource. And the Pet First Aid app by Red Cross is also really incredible and they're free and easy.
2: Our guest this week has been Dr. Amanda Rudder. She is the Emergency Medical Director with Burlington Emergency and Veterinary Specialists. And Dr. Rudder, thanks for joining us on the show.
0: It's been a pleasure. Thanks so much for having me.
1: Join the Bruce and Hobbs podcast conversation on Facebook, Twitter, or at BruceandHobbs.com. Your two best buddies, Bruce and Hobbs.
3: With this week's positive pet news, I'm Gail Parmelee for the Bruce and Hobbs podcast, and here's what's been happening in the world of pets. It's not that unusual to see a dog working with airport security to keep planes safe from explosives. The Transportation Security Administration uses dogs for their excellent noses in their bomb detection programs. But some dogs don't quite make it through all the training they need, and others have earned a happy retirement after their years of service. The TSA is looking for forever homes for those dogs, and they're opening adoption to the public. Basically, it means you can adopt your very own bomb-sniffing dog. So your home will be bomb-free, and you'll have a new furry family member. Miranda Lambert and her four-legged friends are hitting the streets of Nashville for the inaugural Mutt Nation March. The Almost One Mile Walk will take place on June 8th during CMA Music Festival Week. It'll start at Nissan Stadium and end in downtown Nashville. For $1,500, you can purchase a ticket and walk your dog in the Mutt Nation march. Every person who purchases a ticket will get a Mutt Nation t-shirt and is entered into a drawing to join Lambert at an animal shelter makeover. For $10, you can enter the sweepstakes without participating in the march. Huckleberry the Hound loves jumping up and sitting on the roof of his owner's home. He's even known on Instagram as Huck the Roof Dog. The Texas dog is becoming a hit on Twitter after pictures of the pooch were tweeted. His owners posted a sign in front of their Austin home telling everyone not to be alarmed. They know Huckleberry is on the roof taking in the world. It's been three years since Paige Moomy adopted her beloved son Waylon the Sheepdog but as Mother's Day approached, she decided she was going to surprise her pup by reuniting him with his birth mom over 400 miles away. Paige currently lives with Waylon in Chicago. Back in 2014, however, she drove all the way to Georgetown, Kentucky in order to adopt the young sheepdog. By the time they arrived in Georgetown, Waylon's mother Addie was waiting at the top of the hill of her farmhouse wearing a pink bow in anticipation of her son's arrival The two instantly reconnected, joyfully frolicking about the yard and catching up on some much-needed cuddling. And a young kitten got a second chance at life at an animal shelter in Arlington, Virginia. Firefly was very pregnant when she arrived at the Animal Welfare League of Arlington and gave birth to five adorable kittens. Not long after, the shelter took in an orphaned kitten who was about the same age as Firefly's litter and decided to see whether the new mom would accept the little guy into her family. The shelter said in a Facebook post with a video of the cat family that it was immediately clear that Firefly didn't mind having a new kitten one bit. She let him nurse right away. And that's this week's positive pet news. Join the conversation anytime and share your pet-related stories with us at BruceandHobbs.com. For the Bruce and Hobbs podcast, I'm Gail Parmalee.
1: Putting a wag in your tail... Well, at, at least a smile on your face. The Bruce and Hobbs Podcast. More fun than one dog and one human should be allowed to have in a week. BruceandHobbs.com
2: The boys are back. Bruce and Hobbs following yet another great installment of Gail Parmalee's. Positive pet news. We want to send out a big thank you to National Life Group, the exclusive sponsor of Bruce and Hobbs Radio. For over 168 years, they've been helping families and making the world a better place. We're honored to be working with them. Nationallife.com is their website and it is definitely worth spending a few minutes and checking out. Although we're heading near the end of the school year, school visits still underway. If you want to see where we'll be, you can just visit bruceandhobbs.com, click on the events tab, and if you want us to come to your school, just email us. The Hobbs Goes Home book tour continues very busy. People across the country talking about this book, what it's doing to help kids and animals, educators, child welfare advocates, teachers, parents, and the kids themselves have called this book one of the most important children's books ever written. It's our true story and you'll love it if you read it. And if you want to get your own copy, just visit the store on our website. That is going to do it for this week's podcast. Next week, more on the world of animals and information to educate you and help you become the best pet parent possible. Remember, you can get in touch with us anytime through our website. It's bruceandhobbs.com. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, or you can subscribe to Bruce and Hobbs Radio for free on iTunes. And you can also get the show emailed to you every other week when it comes by shooting us a message at info at Many thanks to Dr. Amanda Rudder for being our guest, and we also want to make sure to thank the people who put the show together and make it go. Our executive producer, Gail Parmalee; our associate producer and content development director, Tammy Zeman, and of course, my best friend, Little Hobbs. Hobby and I hope that the rest of your week is absolutely fantastic and that you will always remember that one person, through their actions, can change the world. We hope that you'll be one of those people and give more animals like Hobbs and his little sister Zoe a second chance. Enjoy the rest of the week, and we'll catch you next time.
1: Bruce and Hobbs is a production of Bruce and Hobbs, LLC. The opinions expressed by the guests on the program do not necessarily reflect those of Bruce and Hobbs. This program was recorded at the Bruce and Hobbs Studios in Vermont with post-production provided by Otter Creek Media. The executive producer is Bruce Zeman. The producer and post-production engineer is Gail Parmalee. Learn more and join the conversation anytime at BruceandHobbs.com.